Hello, everybody, and welcome to Two Geeks and One New, where we gather friends of similar interests and maybe not so similar and discuss, joke, learn more about, and generally have fun with geek culture. Uh, welcome to this very special uh, kind of off week uh recording of two geeks one noob um we're doing a a special for may the 4th uh so just to get that out there uh may the 4th be with you this Uh, is the may (laughs) this is the may yeah i i saw that one earlier today too and i was like oh yeah that's great (laughs) um but yeah so we're gonna be uh kind of mainly talking about the uh the new star Wars Jedi survivor game um, with, you know, some offshoots. I'm sure we'll talk about some star Wars stuff outside of that, but uh, we'll, we'll kind of jump in on, on the, the new game, um, which unfortunately only one of us has been able to actually get a chance to play. So, <laughs> so we'll have a lot of questions for Caleb cause he's, he's gotten some uh, a chance to play it. Um, Yes. So I guess to start off, uh, what do you get? Or what do you, uh, what do you think of it so far? This game is incredible. It is so so good. I first thing I want to say is the people that are in charge of the music and whatnot could easily be worthy successors to John Williams in the future for Ooh, the movies. That like, is that, exceptionally high praise. Yeah, that is, that is an exceptionally really- high praise, and I one hundred percent stand by it. Nice. Like he, they did an incredible job with the music in this mo- in this game, and even just watching other parts through like different streams. And it's like I know I'm not the only person that has had that opinion on the matter. It's just the music is just genuinely incredible music. Wow, that's cool. Nice. <laughs> uh, so, how far have you gotten? So, like, how many hours in so far? <sighs> Like four or five ish hours in, um, hmm. I've, I've keep getting distracted and exploring that world as one does in a video <laughs> game. Uh, of course, so that's kind of to be expected, right? So, uh, that like the, the what's cool is like there's just so much to do, and it's fun just hearing the different interactions and whatnot. So it's in this one, you start off on. Coruscant, which is actually something I didn't realize. Oh. I knew that you're going to get to see bits and pieces of Coruscant. I did not realize the game started on Coruscant. So oh. it was really interesting seeing it. It's like post Order 66, early days of the Empire. Like the clones aren't there anymore. They've already phased the clones out and started with the stormtroopers, and there's different stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it's still kind of early days. Like they're still getting things figured out. This is roughly around the time frame of rogue one okay not like the exact same time period as rogue one but around that same time period um and so like we, we already kind of have an idea of what's going on with the empire and the galaxy as a whole at this point as it is mm-hmm. um but yeah so we see the earlier empire the death star is not a thing yet and so just starting off on Coruscant and getting to run around some of the lower levels of Coruscant, it kind of felt like Respawn's way of saying, okay, we know you guys didn't get 1313 like you wanted. While we can't do 1313, we can give you a lower level of Coruscant to play around on and get a feel for that to kind of like nice. give you that satisfaction of Coruscant without actually oh. focusing solely on Coruscant. Very That's nice. Cool. That I I'm looking forward to that then because that I, that's one of the ones that I've been very much looking forward to uh, getting to explore some because mm-hmm. like if, like in the shows and the movies and stuff they they show bits and pieces of it and it's just like this looks like such a fun city to be in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I will say that is. This I would say the second, uh, maybe the third smallest map of the planets. Like there's other, there's two other planets that you go to that they are very intentionally very small. One of them mm-hmm. is just empire, an imperial base, and so like obviously there's not a whole lot of exploring on that one. It's just the base and a few levels to the base, and then the other one. I won't get too much into that one, um, but it, it's a very small, linear, short section. And so you really don't mm-hmm. do too much on that one anyway. So, like, Coruscant is bigger than those two, but when you compare it to, like, the other two planets, which are Kobo and Jeddah, it's significantly smaller 
than those two. Like oh, wow. it, it's still fairly. Wait, wait, you're on Jetta? Yeah. In which case, are there any uh, any cameos from uh, characters given the timeline you gave us? No, oh. there is not. Not in this one. Um, we do get to see some of the Jedi acolytes Ooh. that we saw statues of from the uh, Rogue One movie. So that was really cool to get to see some of the actual acolytes and them working. Um, but I guess, like, since we're discussing it, I guess it's safe to say spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to be discussing spoilers. Yeah. So we're discussing it. That's that is the only warning. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, if he is on planet, you don't see him. But at this point, it, it, they make it out to be that Saul Guerrero has not set up his base on Jeddah yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, it's All before. Right. The Empire has fully occupied Jeddah. They're slowly taking over Jeddah and kind of gathering little bits of here and there. And we go to Jeddah because Seer from the first game is there, and she's part of this new organization called the Hidden Path. And they are an organization that is helping uh, runaway Jedi and Force-sensitives find a new home to kind of escape the Empire. And so they're like kind of this underground railroad for the Jedi. Gotcha. Um, nice. So it's very much a continuation Empire. with the, the ending of um, Fallen Order. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So like what, ha- what's interesting, this is, takes like, I think it was a five year time skip from the first game to this one. And it, it's frustrating because they don't mention it in the game. Um, but there's a fallout between the, all the the core group of Cal, Seer, Greaves, and Marin, and they all go their separate ways. They still kind of reach out to each other from time to time, but they're all doing their own thing, very different path. They don't talk about it in the game. They talk about it in a book. I don't know if the book is actually canon or not. I think mm. parts of it are canon, but they were kind of like took creative liberties with other parts. Gotcha. Um, but like. They had a falling out because uh, Seer was trying to get the fifth brother, Inquisitor, to turn from the dark side back to the light side. And he's kind of like playing along. And then Grease is like jumps in and is like, no, something's wrong. I don't I don't trust him and jumps in and pushes Seer and Cal away and loses one of his arms to the fifth brother. Mm. And so because of that whole situation and them all like having very different perspectives, Cal is like, no, we need to fight the Empire, kill the Inquisitors. Seer is like, no, if we can save them, we need to save them. Grease is like, we just need to avoid the Empire altogether, be our family and do our own thing. And then Marin is just like, I've only ever been on Dathomir. I want to explore the universe. And so they all just kind of go their separate ways after this big blow up after the Inquisitor situation. And so that's kind of like, where we're picking up and that's why Cal is on Coruscant. He's there on a mission for Saul Guerrero to get uh, Imperial Intel to send to Saw and his rebel fighters. That's Dang. cool. Oh man. It'd be so cool if they brought in some of the, the movie and show uh, like cameos with the actual actors and stuff. That'd be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> So for yeah. what you're describing, it sounds like they're placing it somewhere after the events of Andor season one, maybe within season two. Um, uh, possibly. I haven't seen Andor, unfortunately, so I can't actually say yes or no to that. Um, okay. So I, I don't actually have that direct comparison to be able to say exactly where it falls on. Yeah. It's basically be- it's before Rogue One. Um when they're still building the um death star the death star yeah so okay. like um yeah it's 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 not too far into it i don't think i think they're very very much yeah, in the beginning like, of building the death star they don't even talk about the death star in the game so like at this point it's not even a known thing yeah right. so like that they don't even really say what intel cal was after on Coruscant, he's just get trying to get some Imperial intel. And like, I do quickly want to give a huge shout out to the respawn team for this game. They did something that so many other games fail. 
They started you off with all of the skills you had in the previous game. They did not awesome. make you relearn oh, things nice. that you had to had at the end of the last game. They're just like, no, Cal needed to learn those skills in the last game because he had disconnected himself from the force and he had like walked away. And so he had, he was legitimately having to relearn these things that he had once known at this point, not only does he remember all of the skills and is still connected to the force, he's a stronger fighter because that's all he's been doing for the last five years. Yeah. I was so, going to ask about that too. Cause like it, he would have, at least from my, from what I would think is that he would, gain more skills during those five years. So like, do they yeah. start you off with anything new or just like, just what they the, knew, what he knew at the end? Skill wise. No, there are, you don't immediately start with anything new. They add. So one thing that they did a little differently in this one was with the combat mechanics Mm-hmm. And they kind of took a page from Ghost of Tsushima and that you have different stances. And there's a total of five right. different stances. You have the single blade, you have the double-sided Darth Maul-style blade. And if you remember from the last one, oh, well, you actually didn't get to finish this, so sorry, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> towards the end of the game, he gets this upgrade where he can separate his dual lightsaber into two sabers and hold one in each hand. <laughs> and so, so that's a separate I, stance and I actually, you can actually get, get that. that. Oh, you did get to that point. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I wasn't sure if you had made it to that point or not. Yeah. Before I lost all my progress. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, so I'm starting all over again with, with that game. <laughs> okay. That's right. I forgot about that. So yeah. Uh, the, the, I guess the new skill that you get in the start of it is that you can choose the stances. And in the beginning you automatically get, well, like once you get past the some of the initial tutorial stuff, you get your stances and you choose the single, the double, or the dual wield right on the mm-hmm. off out out the gate. Yeah. Um, and so, they, they each have different like skill points, right? So like the single it, right? is the more efficient all around. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's not the highest amount of damage, but it's pretty average with damage and speed and defense. The double blade has good damage and speed, but not as good defense. And uh, actually, hold on. I need to like confirm this because I don't want to like, um, <laughs> frankly, I'd be more impressed if someone was able to min mat their stat tree just by that description alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the interesting thing is that you don't actually like change your stats in the game. The only stat you change is your force meter and your health meter, like the last one. So like you can't increase damage and whatnot. Um, Okay. So here is a general breakdown of each of the stances. So the single is the default stance. Cal has the one blade and the uh, out for general purpose stance that balances speed, power and defense. The double blade uh, is the Darth Maul stance, and this double blade stance is best for group enemies and slightly increases speed and defense at the cost of a slight reduction in power. I will say, while there is the slight reduction in power, it is far more efficient than the double blade was in the first one. Because in the first mm-hmm. one, I don't know how well you remember, but in the first one, you really didn't want to use the double blade for combat. If you didn't have to, because it really just didn't do anywhere near enough damage because his movements were really short and quick. There just wasn't like the power behind it. The the dual blade, uh, the double blade is far more efficient in this one. Yeah, I mean, far more. I actually ended up using the double blade the entirety of of the play that I've done so far. (laughs) And I don't really see myself changing from it because it's just so much fun. (laughs) It's it's just like some of the combos and everything that you can do with it just far better than in the last one. But um, so the dual wielding is the fastest and most aggressive stance stance and emphasizes speed at the cost of the defense. Um, While true, it's still really good for like blaster deflection. So you still get a good level of defense. There is more so blocking and parrying, uh, yeah. Co- uh, yeah. Physical enemies. And then there's gotcha. two new stances and these stances. Oh, they're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to save my favorite one for last. Um, the, fr- the next one is a blaster stance. 
So you have the oh. single lightsaber in one hand and a blaster in the other, and you combo those two together with triangle and square. So you're swinging with square and triangle is the blaster. And so you can kind of mix and match and change up the speed and which one you're using at what time. And so it's, it's a very different Dude. and interesting one. It takes some getting used to like, I still, granted, I, again, I'm only like, five-ish hours into the game. So, like, haven't had a ton of time to really, like, pick it up much. But um, yeah. it, it takes some getting used to. That one is a very different combat style than what you're used to because you you basically lose your heavy attack with mm, the blaster yeah. stance. And mm. I will point out one thing with the dual wield. You actually lose your heavy attack with that as well because instead of doing the heavy attack with triangle, it's just this permanent parry thing. So he's like floating the lightsabers next to him with the force. And as someone goes into an attack, he quickly grabs them and parries and, and attacks. So you actually lose your heavy with that one as well. Interesting. Okay. Now my favorite. Like I, I so I actually like did as much of the story as I could to get all of the stances because I knew that that was going to be the best way to go. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'd like, then I stopped with the story and started exploring <laughs> the next <laughs> stance, the cross guard taking oh, from Kylo Ren. I'm about to say like, that sounds like uh, one of the most controversial lightsaber designs brought into the game. <laughs> and it's like, the uh so this one is very good with both offense and defense but they made it it's interesting so the way that they did this one they extended the length of the beam for the blade and added the cross guards and you hold it with two hands and you make it into this more of a great sword combat style Ooh. and so it's bigger stronger sweeping blows and but you're leaving yourself a little bit more open, so you have to kind of time yeah. the attacks a little bit better because if you just get right up in their face and they're mid swing and then you try to swing, you're going to get hit every time. Um, <laughs> so it's definitely a slower style, it's not the exact same as Kylo Ren, who just had the single hand on the blade. Um, yeah. it's actually like a dual wield great sword style combat stance. Wow, he, so he's basically Jedi Aragorn. <laughs> pretty much pretty much yeah and so like the the cross guard it's interesting they actually took the cross guard design and they didn't do a direct comparison to kylo ren where his was like the unstable and he had the cross guard because that was the vent because of his unstable crystal right. this one it's actually a stable crystal and it's based off of the high republic lightsaber design Okay. And so it's cleaner, it's efficient, it's the vents are there more for defense and not because the crystal just couldn't be, couldn't contain the energy that it was trying to pump out. It was actually designed in like with the intention of being this clean and efficient weapon. Nice. Nice. I'm looking it up right now because I got to look at this thing. Same. Yeah, I'm pulling up a picture to put in our Discord for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So it's it's just uh, that that one. I don't see myself switching off of that one anytime soon. <laughs> At least just it, it is. It definitely takes some getting used to as well because again, it is a much slower combat system. So I so far what I've been doing, I'll use the double blade for groups of enemies because there's this one ability that you had in the previous one that you get back with one of the early upgrades on it where you spin the uh, double blade around in a circle around you using the force and you so that clears out a, a mob of enemies that gets close and there's another upgrade that where you can do a second throw that gets a wider arc and so you can clear out a massive crowd of enemies with that throw pretty quickly so like the combat and everything that they did in this game, they they really took a lot of time to look at what the fans enjoyed from the previous one and just did what mm. they could to improve it. <laughs> I, yeah. My only complaint is I feel that some of the dodging mechanics are feel a little wonky and mistimed because there's times that I'll hit the dodge button and I'll like Cal will just randomly dodge into the attack that's coming in instead of trying yeah. to get from the, away from it or to the sides or something like that. And so I'm just like, why did you go that direction? I, I didn't even press that direction on the joystick. What's going <laughs> on? So like, I, I will say that the dodging mechanics are not as fluid as I would like them to be, but 
given that I was playing Elden Ring before this game came out, that's probably on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is something that's definitely I've noticed with uh, just even the first game was there. The combat mechanics, I think, were a little slow in some ways. And then, like you said, the dodge mechanics are just weird. <laughs> yeah. And granted, with how effective the parry is, I think that the game was built around more the parry than anything. And they have the dodge there for the big heavy attacks that you can't parry. And so, like, it's there if you need it, but it wasn't intended to be the primary source. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Which, I mean, makes sense considering it's Jedi, not necessarily samurai or lost right. soul exploring the underverse, whatever the case may be for right. for from game. But yeah. yeah. Though I will say it's hilarious to sitting there with a lightsaber, just doing a quick lackadaisical parry of this massive creature with big claws, like the size of cow's torso. I'm like, I don't feel like that would work that way, but I'm not going to argue because. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So here, here's another question. Uh, one of the previews I saw, showed a rancor have you gotten to uh fight one yet yes that one you can actually <laughs> get to fairly quickly in the game like it, it doesn't take too long to find the area that it is you probably won't be able to beat it very quickly oh <laughs> um, no i'm sure but it is something that you can get to fairly early and like there's actually from what i saw online there's more than one rancor on in the game uh there's only mm-hmm. one that is a legendary boss and this one like it's kind of like that big ogda bogdo from the last one it's like it looks like the exact same creature as some of the other creatures that are on the map but it's stronger has a bigger health bar there's the boss music and the oh crap moment when you see the <laughs> health bar pop up um so yeah like there's so the there's the legendary boss one that you have in the game and then there's uh, like one or two others that are hidden just in random dark corners and various sections of the map. Um, I haven't found those yet, but I know that they're mm-hmm. there. Um, but yeah, like, so there, there is the rancor. There's more of the, a, a lot of the same animals that you fought in the first one have come back. And there's a few new ones that we didn't see since you are on new planets. It makes sense. There's going to be a few new ones. Uh, yeah. the, one of them that gave me the heebie-jeebies was this giant scorpion. And oh, I don't no. don't like scorpions. I have my own history with scorpions that I won't get into. <laughs> that's not Star Wars related. Uh, so I'm not a fan of, of scorpions as it is. But um, I think most of us who have been to Texas for any amount of time could probably agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's just this massive scorpion that you encounter fairly early into the story. And, like, you're having to, like, fight it and avoid it in certain areas. And you get to a point where you just have to fight it. And I'm just like, all right, you've been annoying me this whole time. I've died, like, four times to you. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Because before you get to the boss fight, it's, like, burrowing underground. And you Mm -hmm. just have to avoid it. And if you aren't able to avoid it or get to a rock to get away from it quick enough, it pops up out of the ground and just stings you with its tail and or grabs Mm -hmm. onto you with one of its pinchers. So it's like... It's it's friggin' annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so, like fun though. <laughs> I wa- yeah, I want to circle to that picture that I sent you guys in Discord real quick. So you can see the different things there, and you see the two little small pieces there on the side. Those are the cross guard vents. Oh, so they come the down. Little, yeah, they like fold down when you switch into that stance. And what's nice. really cool is those are one of the many customizable pieces. So basically every piece on that lightsaber that you see in that picture is a customizable thing. You can change up the vents, the emitter, the switch, the handle, the tail, like you can change out everything on this lightsaber. Dang. And so like it's the customization options are crazy. They added a ton more color options as you can see Mm -hmm. there like those are just five of the options i'm like i've seen several in the store that i can buy and from what i've seen in different streams and stuff like what i've seen in the stores is like maybe half of what you can actually find just roaming around in the game so like there is a ton of color options one that i found very early was the imperial colors and so I have mm. a red, white, and black Imperial lightsaber, and it looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for all those collection hounds, you're set. 
have fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Like yep. if you want to play a game and do a bunch of collections and customization, this is definitely going to be a good one for you. So you can customize with a lightsaber. There's a lot more customization features for Cal's clothes because in the previous game, it was just poncho or no poncho. That was, that was basically it. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot more options than just that. You can customize Cal's hair and facial hair. Uh, you can customize <laughs> beady and you can see there on the left of the picture I sent you, there's a blaster there for the blaster stance. You can customize the blaster as well. Is it always the same blaster or is it, uh, can you get like an E11 or change out to, you uh, can change out all the parts uh, to change the design and everything. So as for me, since I pre-ordered it, one of the pre-order options is I can make it look like Han Solo's blaster. Nice. And I have all of the pieces <laughs> for Han Solo's blaster. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of customization options. Um, nice. nice. That is definitely one of the things I, I really like and kind of wished was better in the first one was the customization of the lightsaber. Uh, like, I every time I get to a... Uh, a workbench i'm like okay do i want to switch something out like <laughs> just just for the fun of it because it's so so much fun to yeah. do that there's a lot more pieces that you can find but from yeah. I, I was watching a video and i think they said there's in the neighborhood of like a hundred different collectible pieces you can get oh. to change out your weapons so wow. I mean, there's a lot of customization pieces that you can get for this I mean, there's a ton of stuff um I don't know. I, I, it, there's definitely more there, and it's a lot more fluid and fun to change out the lightsaber pieces in this one than it was in the last one. Like, the last one still was cool, but it was kind of a pain to find all the pieces. It wasn't as easy to find the the different pieces and everything. This one, it's easier to do it. It's still kind of a hassle on some parts, but it is much easier to find the customization pieces. Yeah, nice. The that's so only, like, cool. <laughs> the only complaint that I've had with the game that's actually been like a major complaint that kind of keeps coming back up as I've played through the five hours is the map. They still have the same map system as the previous game. So it's mm. kind of the the uh, almost the whole, the, the yeah the isometric war, uh, um, war zone style. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's still the same map, and unfortunately, there's no mini map. They did make it to where you can actually place a marker on the map now, which is really cool, but it's also kind of irrelevant because you can't see the marker when you're running around in the open world and there's no meaning <laughs> map to see if you're heading in the right direction. So I'm like, okay, cool. I put down a marker for, I want to go. And then I ran like a hundred yards, the opposite direction because the map is confusing. <laughs> so like that, I will say that is my only complaint. If I at least could have a mini map so that I can, when I put down a marker, I'm like, okay, I need, I know I need to run in that direction because of the multiple levels on the map. I don't know exactly where the entrance is, but I know I'm heading in the right direction. If I could at least yeah. have that, I would be happy. Yep. But yeah. that, yeah, I, I, I will, do not I, like I the map. complained <laughs> about the map constantly in the previous game and I will continue play, complaining about the map in this game because it's the same thing. I hate the map in <laughs> yeah. this game. So it's funny because it, it's a cool concept. Like, I, I like the look of it, but it does not help me find where I need to go. Yeah, and I was getting frustrated because, like, I was trying to goof around and find this collectible item. And I could see where it was, and I tried to change the map. And as I rotated the map, it just moved my cursor up to the next level. And so I was like, no, mm. that's not what I'm trying to look at. There's a level that I'm still on that I need to look at that's underneath the level you're forcing me to. And, like, no matter what <laughs> manipulation I did, it would not let me look at the part of the map that I wanted to. And I just got angry and put the control down. I was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm taking a break. This is stupid. So, <laughs> like, I, I, I do not like the map at all. I will say it is significantly better than it was in the last game because in the last game, you guys remember, like, it was just level on level on level on level on level. It was so convoluted and confusing and just yeah. so unclear. So it's not nearly as bad as that in this game. They actually spread things out more on vertic uh, like horizontally instead of vertically. So mm -hmm. it is more clear and it is much easier to read than it was in the previous one. But it's still far from perfect. Gotcha. So definite improvements were made on it, but there's there's still some work to be done. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, man. It looks like so much fun. 
<laughs> what yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to getting into this one. So as far as more of like the expanded universe lore that's been brought back in, because I remember the first one doing a lot of that, bringing in the Night Sisters, um, Dothamir as a whole, not just that element of it, but mm-hmm. kind of explaining their role in um, kind of a lot of what what has been happening in the canon uh, with the Sith, especially bringing it with Darth Maul. Um, are there any other elements of Star Wars lore that have kind of been brought back to the surface, back to mainstream um, knowledge. Well, not mainstream. They never really work, but you know what I mean? Are we bring, uh, bringing back, rebuilding the Star Wars canon as some of us who are a little too involved in it <laughs> uh, <laughs> recall it before um, before certain so, events a couple years ago? There's a small, there's some small things that they do to kind of build on that. So with what I was talking about earlier with Seer on Jeddah, she's there with the hidden path helping them but while she's not helping other jedi escape the empire she's rebuilding the jedi archive on Jeddah. and so when you walk in to see her for the first time you just see the big black and blue towers on either side of her with the old jedi archives nice and she's trying to rebuild that and regather all of this data and so it's like there's still a lot of missing pieces obviously because the emperor being the absolute chad he is took over the jedi temple as his home um so like you're obviously not going to be able to get all of the jedi archives back um right but she's rebuilding what she can and what's cool is they brought back cordova he actually reappears in this game physically and is there with seer helping her rebuild the archive and so then the two of them are together working on this they have the acolytes helping them and they've got access to the various data that was on jedda since there was a jedi temple on jedda and so while they don't have the bulk of the archive that was on coruscant they do have what was stored in the archive at jedda and so they're kind of building things out from that but the bulk of the focus and the main villain of this game is actually a Jedi that was frozen in stasis from the High Republic era. Ooh. That's unique. Yeah. And so it's like I have gone back and forth on the High Republic area era. I think it's one that has a lot of potential. And something that can be done if given to people that actually understand Star Wars and know what they're doing with it. And the Respawn team are some of those people. They Hmm. did a very good job of getting me interested in the High Republic and interested in this character. Um, His name is Dagan Guerra. And he is this again he's again he's this jedi that was from the high republic era that was frozen in stasis and he's missing an arm and so he's like just in this back to tank for hundreds of years or really thousands of years actually um but he's in this back to tank healing and just resting for thousands of years and when you release him he's he's asking like what of the jedi order and cal tells him like there is a galactic empire that wiped out the Jedi and they're kind of like going back and forth in this conversation. He's uh, Dagon is kind of explaining what's going on and he's like floating his lightsaber crystal with the force. And you only, you don't see the crystal. You see Dagon like this front view, facing view and you see the yellow glow from his crystal reflecting off of his face. And then you start to see the crystal color turning dark. And it shifts into the red and he's getting angry and Cal goes in and is like, no, what are you doing? And Dagon turns around and uses the force to like help have energy propel through the crystal and push Cal back. And then he reassembles the lightsaber into the red lightsaber. He just stands there and goes, clearly, I'm the one that needs to do the work here. And it is just like this moment of like, okay, he has been harboring this hatred and this grudge for the Jedi. He feels betrayed him for thousands of years and you just unleashed him. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's 
Oh, it was just, it was so good. It was so like just the whole buildup with that scene and just the, like the tension, the music, the angles that they shot it with the camera, the, the effect of like seeing the light reflecting off of him as it starts to change color. Like it was just this little touch that was just done so beautifully. And it's just, <laughs> Oh, it was so good. So, so good. Nice. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Another character that is working with him that they introduced pretty early in the game. You actually meet this character as soon as you get to um, Kobo. And we actually saw him in the trailers. Um, But his name, hold on, I don't want to butcher the name. Let me pull it up. Ah. Sorry, I should have had the name up before we started. Uh, <laughs> Ravis, good. that's his name. Ravis. And I don't think Dan will be familiar with this, but David, I think you will. Sounds he, familiar. He is the same species as Dirge from the original Clone Wars cartoon. Ooh. Okay. So, Got it. Dan, <laughs> for context for you, Dirge was this bounty hunter in the original Clone Wars cartoon This that was done in that Samurai Jack animation style. Mm-hmm. He was this bounty hunter that was working with the Separatists, and they contracted him specifically to help, him, help them fight against the Jedi because his species is nearly impossible to kill. Ooh. If you cut off limbs, they just immediately regrow them or have these tentacles pop out that grab onto the limb you cut off and just immediately reattach it. If you stab them in the chest, they're just like, eh, that's cute. They they <laughs> like they are nearly impossible to kill. The only way that they finally were able to kill Dirge in the comic book was they basically they did kind of what Deadpool did to Wolverine in that one comic book. They basically just incinerated him until there was nothing left. Mm-hmm. That was the only way that they could kill him because Dang. he just kept reforming and just going on a rampage. And they're and like Obi-Wan and Mace Windu are just sitting there like, crap, this guy ain't dying. What do we do? <laughs> so, <laughs> so like that's who you're fighting against in this one. And his name is Ravis and he's the same species. And so it's like every time he shows up, I'm like, crap, if I have to fight this guy what am I going to do? Cause they, they don't die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, just use the force and do the whole, uh, 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 spider thing where you just rip off all the limbs and make it explode. <laughs> if only uh, that were possible. <laughs> I, I, I think you're mixing uh, your uh, Jedi fallen order with, uh, with Hogwarts legacy, the red. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. <laughs> I was actually thinking of, uh, the movie Chronicle. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> where they have the the telekinesis and the kid is going kind of nuts so he starts just like exploding spiders <laughs> okay add that one to the list <laughs> yeah it's a good one I, I actually really like that movie another thing that i've noticed with the first one um cal is He's kind of the filler in between, uh, not the filler in between, sorry, the filler stand-in um, pre-Return of the Jedi, or pre-Yavin, pre so BBY. He's the BBY version of um, uh, Katarn. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of wondering if they're going to start in, insinuating any, uh, any crossovers or any build-up to someone like Cal or Kyle being part of the Jedi's operations, more in a recruitment role. I mean, they're obviously force users, but they're not necessarily full blown Jedi. I mean, Cal yeah. is, but I'm kind of wondering if they're going to start adding that in. Um, There's definitely been some teases for it. Um, I don't know if they're actually going to go that way. Obviously I haven't finished the story yet. So like there's plenty of things that can change. Um, but in the early hours of the story, Cal uh, goes back to Greece on Kobo and they kind of get in this back and forth spat about like living their lives and whatnot. And, and Cal basically says someone has to fight the empire. And so like, I don't know if they're actually going to full on go the way of the Kyle Katarn route, or if they're just going to do this like back and forth I'm fighting the empire. No, I'm not fighting the empire. I'm fighting the empire. No, I'm not like, I don't know exactly what they're going to do with it yet. 
Um, but I mean, he says pretty early on is like the empire is just growing stronger and stronger. Someone has to fight them, but I feel like I'm not doing any, I'm, I feel like I'm not making any progress. And so like, that's definitely something that they've already set the expectation for very early. And so I, I again, I have no idea where they're actually going to take that in the end of it, but that that is something they're kind of teasing and toying with. Gotcha. I don't know if they are going to, because we do know that Cal is officially part of the Star Wars canon at this point. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't know if we're actually going to get to see him in any, in any sort of live, live action role. That would be awesome, because, I mean, he is, Cal is Cameron Monaghan. Like, they are one and the same. Right. Cameron Monaghan did the mocap. He did the voice. Like, Cal was designed to look like Cameron. So, like, Cameron is Cal. Well, Cal I think, is Cameron, so. I think as far as Disney Plus shows go, there's there's probably some evidence that we will see it um, in uh, Mandalorian season three. We did see a a BD unit in um, was oh, that Mandalorian or was that um, I thought that was Book of Boba. Oh, I think we had those few episodes. Oh, you're right. Where you're right. Boba went to his, uh, her shop to get, or not Boba. Uh, well, where Mando went to the shop to get the new N one. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah, like, they definitely kind of set that. And I know that there's a lot of talk online. I'm just like, oh, it's BD. It's BD. Um, (laughs) So, like, I would be surprised if we don't see Cal in some capacity in in the live action world. Because, I mean, he's becoming more and more popular. So it would make sense. And it would be kind of cool to see if he does end up having any sort of connection to Luke at all. Um, I don't know if he actually will or not. Because, like, obviously there was no discussion of him during the Kylo Ren era. So like, who knows what they're actually going to end up doing. Um, it's possible that he's just kind of off doing his own thing like Ahsoka is. And so like Kylo may know of them, but has absolutely no idea where to even begin looking for them. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's definitely that possibility. And I would love to see Cameron Monaghan bring this character to life, live action. Cause he's a good actor. And like, this is becoming a more and more beloved character with every game. So I'm, I'm here for it. Absolutely. It just makes me wonder because like throughout all the movies and, and like the, the sequels and everything, they've been very much saying, Oh, you know, it's, it's the last Jedi and uh, you know, things like that. So they never really mention Ahsoka. They don't mention, um, I guess Cal, they don't Ahsoka mention. makes sense because she's technically not Jedi anymore. Uh, that's true. Something yeah. that you didn't get to see because you haven't seen Clone Wars. So she walks away from the Jedi Order. Right. In, in Clone Wars. And like they offer her the chance to come back, but she says no. And so she is what Disney is now calling an unaligned Force user. Okay. So her, Cal, Ray, Kylo all fall in that unaligned force user category where they all like three of them are obviously more light side aligned. And then Kylo is the dark side aligned, but they are still technically unaligned force users that are kind of pulling on the force in their own way. They're not officially a Jedi or officially a Sith or anything like that. They're in this, it's kind of Disney's version of the gray Jedi. Right. Yeah. I was going to say that. It's got polarized. Be, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, and so that may be why they specifically said The Last Jedi, which, again, I am kind of under the, like, sequel trilogy is alternate universe, not true timeline stance. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, like, that's that could be why they went the whole Last Jedi route. Like, and granted, we also have no idea what's going to happen in the Ahsoka show. So, like... Yeah. Who knows? Everyone could die. <laughs> like, there's, there's no telling <laughs> what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, like th- that, that could be part of it. It's just, it's like Luke is technically the only one that's uh, truly following the Jedi teachings at right. this point. It's like Grogu, we saw him decide to return to Jin, so he's not following the Jedi teachings. Cal is not following the Jedi teachings completely. I mean, like, he's, he's definitely more in line with the Jedi than Ahsoka is. Um, but he's still not 100% following their teachings. And then 
um, Ahsoka, same thing. She's she's not following the Jedi teaching. She's light side, but she's not fault a really like she's kind of has this negative view of the Jedi with how they treated her anyway. So <laughs> yeah, it it makes me wonder if they're gonna do like a like a completely separate order of Jedi where it's like like My... these are these are the un- unaligned people, but they there there is. An no. alignment of sorts there. Because you know what I mean? I mean. We saw with like the teasers and stuff that they did at the Star Wars celebration that, that it looks like they're gonna that they've got that Ray movie coming out where she's supposedly gonna be rebuilding the Jedi Order post um post Last Jedi. Right. Or Rise of Skywalker. Um so I I, I think that they're still gonna have the official Jedi group, and then there's just gonna be those couple offset characters like Grogu and Ahsoka who use the force and tend to be more light side aligned, but don't really follow the official Jedi teachings. Like I don't see them doing away with the Jedi teachings and the Jedi order 100%. Yeah. The the only reason I say is because like someone like Grogu, uh, which a little bit of like, uh, Spoiler ish to uh, Mandalorian <laughs> season three, um, or yeah, the latest season where Grogu, like he's he's with Din, but he's still using the Force and all of that. So I feel like he's he's kind of torn between the two, Mandalorian and um, and Jedi. Mm-hmm. So like there could be like a a a mixture of that as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, canonically, I, I don't know. Uh, canonically, we've seen that, um, the Mandalorians will prefer to work with the Jedi more than anything, uh, more than any other major faction right now. Right. If um, they aren't working against them, usually fighting them. So it's just, there's yeah. no <laughs> with the Mandalorians. Yeah. Either, like, the only time they're fighting the Jedi is or... because the Jedi are going after them anyway. <laughs> Yeah, uh, unless it's the old republic and Mandalore was just on the warpath with everyone. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's the old republic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that we'll see Grogu and Cal go more in like a similar path as Luke did before he went full Jedi, where he's like force users, force using bounty hunter, force using rebel, force using whatever yeah uh, not like they're still kind of like using those teachings and growing their strength and like kind of building off of that but they're not 100 percent following that jedi order or jedi teachings or whatever i i think that's what we're gonna see more of mm-hmm. and, I, and i like based on the fact that disney made an official canon title for them i suspect we're gonna see a lot more of that yeah, yeah. Which yeah, I'm, you... I'm okay with because we've always like the concept of the gray Jedi was always an interesting one, but it was one that was like always extended universe, even when they were just like, even when everything was still owned by George Lucas and he was like kind of co-signing off on everything and letting people do their things. Like that was not something he sp- directly ever said, this is canon. He mm-hmm, never right. actually approved the gray Jedi title. That was more of a fan thing that other people kind of used and worked with. Cause they're like, okay, this is gaining traction. I'm going to use this. Whereas right. Disney has officially said unaligned force user is a thing. Yeah. Okay. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that. For yeah. sure. I think they should come up with a better name than that though. <laughs> I agree. Like, like, I don't know, maybe gray Jedi. <laughs> yeah yeah like but i think even the, the issue is that like kylo ren falls in that unaligned force user category and he is not a gray jedi not at he all is yeah. most certainly a sith or more yeah, aligned yeah. with the sith so well and, I, mean, and I think that's something that we actually saw in the trailer for the ahsoka show was those two Sith-esque characters, but they didn't have red lightsabers. They had more orange lightsabers because they hadn't fully bled the crystals or they did not bleed the crystals correctly. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we, I guess we have the quote-unquote gray Jedi for that side and then Ish. for the light side and then the, like, 
I don't even know what that we would call the other ones. That, that I guess that's why they went with just the generic unaligned force user because it does kind of encompass a number of characters on both sides. Right. It, it just kind of everyone in between. Right. Because as as of now, with that, with the introduction of these two new characters in the Ahsoka show that's coming up, we have three and three. Hmm. Mm. But there must almost always be two. Well, that's why that's why that's how they're getting around it. Because when there's a Sith, there can only ever be two per right. the, the rule of the, the rule Sith. Of if mm-hmm. there's a bunch of that's kind of what they did with the Inquisitors. That's why they were able to have the Inquisitors in the Empire under Emperor Palpatine and Darth Vader's rule. They weren't officially Sith. They were taught to use the dark side, but they weren't taught to control the dark side. Mm, okay. And that's basically what was going on with Kylo Ren. He was taught to use the dark side and harness its power, but he was not shown how to control it. That's why he, one, he was always conflicted from the get-go, but two, he didn't have the same level of of grasp over that power that both Palpatine and Vader had. Mm. Or Darth Maul, for that that matter, because Darth Maul had a better grasp of the dark side than Kylo. I think Kylo was overall the stronger of the two because he had partly like bloodline and just the knowledge and everything. Like he wasn't just a rage machine like Darth Maul was. But right. But that puts Kylo more in a category as a star killer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I would put star killer in that unaligned force user category as well. Which I, I agree with you. Terrible title. I hate the name, <laughs> but it does work. It, it serves its purpose. Yeah, yeah. I think my only problem with Gray Jedi is the fact that it's it just sounds very like like obviously they're unaligned, but it that it's like oh I could be this way or I could be this way or I could be this way. You know, like there it it's the gray area. Right. Yeah. So I feel like it should be more like this is this is something that we believe in that mm-hmm. it, we shouldn't be this way and we shouldn't be this way. So we're going to kind of go down the middle of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. And, and I get what you're saying. I agree with you. Um, but it's also Disney. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and like and as much as I hate it, the unaligned force user tag does work because it does encompass that, which I guess we have more than three and three. If we count the inquisitors, which they were unaligned, they weren't officially Sith. Um, And so like we do, we, the dark side unaligned force users are a lot more stacked than the light side, despite the fact (laughs) that Ahsoka absolutely shrecked two of the inquisitors and rebels, but that's a different topic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right. Well, unless there's anything else that, uh, we really wanted to talk about, uh, I was going to try to keep this short, but (laughs) (laughs) you sat down and had a star Wars conversation with me. You knew that wasn't going to (laughs) happen. This is true. This is true. Nicely done. Uh, <laughs> you, you were never going to get through a Star Wars conversation with me and it be sub 50 minutes. <laughs> Aren't you happy we only had one geek this episode? <laughs> hey, you know a lot more about the lore than I do. Eh. <laughs> I guess the geek and that I'm the only one that's played the game. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's about all we have time for today. Uh, So we're going to wrap up this episode by saying, uh, may the fourth be with you. Uh, This is the, this is the may Uh, (laughs) and uh, keep on listening and we'll keep making content. (laughs) Take care, everyone. Thanks everyone. Love you guys. Bye.